0: you could have chose to be you chose to be right here with us on breakfast with champions and that means the world to me and i absolutely stinking love you for it so with that said we are excited to launch the new breakfast with champions podcast thanks so much
1: i start the conversation i'd love to say good morning to monica please come over and introduce yourself monica i know that you're a big contributor i'm so excited to be in this segment with you over to you
2: Good morning champions, good morning Iffy. Thank you so much for inviting me to co-host with you today. This is gonna be a fantastic segment. The topic is on fire today, you were made for more. I am Monica Ricky. I am a certified health coach, um, also a, a personal development self mastery coach and I get super duper fired up about the prospect and digging into the prospects of how do we become more than what we are. And I actually have a, um, I have a specific, a thought about that topic by itself, about the becoming. Are we becoming or are we revealing who we are? And that, uh, that in itself could be a whole stinking room, which I might have to do one of these days. So thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Thank you so
1: much, Monica. I just put Monica's link up there so anyone can go and have a look at Monica and see what she's about. I am excited. So let's get started. So before we even start, so what what I'd love to um, just say at the very beginning of this conversation is that when I first started my journey on this personal development, take control of your life, win at life, try and become everything that you're capable of, I actually did feel quite unworthy and um, had a lot of limiting beliefs and... um, Yeah, really struggled internally you know they they say that your outer world is very much a mirror of a mirror image of your inner world what's going on on the outside of you is a reflection of what's going on on the inside of you and I absolutely saw that in me you know how I would um approach the world with this um I suppose this idea that the rich get rich the poor get poor um some people just are lucky, you know that kind of mentality you know, and I really did believe that was to be true, but one I came across and a lovely quote by our Nightingale that said, "You become what you think about most of the time, and it was really an, an interesting thought and My journey on personal development really started when I was 17. But when I was 19, I was at an event and there was a guy called Clive got there and he did a big speech. And the book he had was Believe You Can. It was a tiny little book. I bought it and he signed it and inside he wrote, you have greatness within you. And that's the first time anyone had actually said that you have greatness within you. And this was a professional speaker, very successful. And I thought, if he thinks that about me, then it's got to be true. And that's the thing, your thoughts become things. You become what you think about most of the time. And the brilliant thing that I know to be true is that the thoughts, we all have a mind, we all get to choose what we think, and your mind is extraordinary, it's powerful, because your thoughts determine almost everything that happens to you. It can raise or lower your heartbeat. It can improve or interfere with your digestion. It can change the chemical composition of your blood. It can help you stay awake at night. It can help you go to sleep. Your thoughts can even make you happy, sad, confident, insecure, powerful or powerless. Um, Your thoughts can also bring in depression or wellness and they can make you alert and aware and ready to go or distracted and distressed. They can make you positive or negative. Your thoughts can literally make you or break you. And when I discovered this, I started doing a lot of the inner work on the thoughts that I'm thinking. So the title today is Stop Lying to Yourself. You were made for more. So I created an acronym called SPARK because we all have a spark. The energy, the charge, the endurance, the light, the fire, the fuel, the spark. We're all born with this spark inside of us. But many of us, we haven't figured out how to let that vibration, that fire, light us up and help us to live the life that we truly want, We, we it, sometimes it's dim. So today we're gonna to be talking about the acronym Spark, and I've got Monica with me. We're gonna talk about each letter from the word Spark. So we'll start off with S, self-awareness. Stop lying to yourself. I think this is really important that we take a moment to just stop a minute and look at ourselves and ask ourselves, where are the areas where I've got limiting beliefs? Where are the areas where I'm closed-minded? What are the things that I'm good at? What are the things that I'm not so good at? What are the things I need to change? What are, what are the things that are holding me back? Having that self-awareness requires you to have the confidence. I spoke about this, I think, last week, about really looking at the areas in your life where you might be holding yourself back. Because the thing is, when we talk about a spark and a light and an energy, we all have the power to power ourselves by the thoughts that we think and the way that we speak to ourselves. But if we're not doing it, we have to ask ourselves why. What is it, are we, do we not believe this way, this is to be true? Do we not, do we not have the, are we not willing to look at ourselves and hold a mirror up to ourselves and say, let me just check, let me just check myself. Let me just make sure that the reason why I'm where I am is is, isn't, isn't actually because of me. And it's not because of my mother, my father, the place I was born. It's not because of the way I look. It's not about how intelligent I am. Actually, maybe where I am today is a result of all the things that I've done in the past that have got me here. Maybe I could start changing a few things. Maybe. And I think self-awareness is the first place. When we're looking at the acronym SPARK. the word SPARK: S, self-awareness. And Monica, what, what do you think about self-awareness? I know we spoke in the back channel about it.
2: Over to you if self-awareness is the first step in changing anything in your life i mean we've heard a thousand times you can't change something if you aren't aware of it absolutely dr janey talks about that all the time too in her amazing work together so you can't i always say to my clients you can't get spinach out of your teeth if no one tells you it's there or if you don't see it in the mirror and when you were mentioning accountability or self-awareness, it reminded me of the accountability mirror that David Goggins talks about in his book, Can't Hurt Me. When he looked into the accountability mirror and he really just came to grips with who he was in that moment, where he was going and, and, um, and what was true in that moment. And that's the, that's the unnerving part about doing the self-awareness part is that we have to be willing to objectively put our ego aside and say okay well where have i come so far like who am i today let's give me a baseline and whatever it is it is ben stock will often say when talking about um, this in terms of health he'll often say just get on the scale and look at the number because you need a place to start and don't attach emotion to it just acknowledge it as data this is my starting point log it, note it, and then move forward. So when you're bringing self-awareness, it's important to not bring too, too much negative emotion to that because that can be demotivating. For some people, however, it can be motivating. Like Goggins really talked harshly to himself because that was motivating for him. So it's important to know which of those approaches will work for you.
1: Oh, I love that. And it really made me laugh what you said is that you can't get spinach out of your teeth if you can't if no one tells you the spinach in it. And I am one of those people, I don't care who you are. I will go up to you if your label's sticking out or if your skirt is tucked into your pennies, if you've got some string on the bottom of your shoe. I am that person who's like running down the road saying, stop, because I think that there's nothing worse than not knowing. And for me, I, it's been my journey of, it's been everything that I've been about. I'm I'm somebody who needs to know the... I need to know the steps. I need to know in advance because I really feel like, like you said, if you don't know and you don't have any idea, then it is the most uncomfortable feeling in the world, feeling lost, feeling overwhelmed. It creates anxiety. So I'm what people used to say, oh, if he's a control freak. And I'm like, yeah, I like to have control over my life and I like to know where I'm going. So that kind of leads us onto to P in the word spark, knowing where you're going. You need a plan you need a proven plan so many times people say this is what i want i say how are you going to get there i don't know i'm just going to go for it. i'm just going to see where the wind takes me no if you want to build this spark this energy this light this power and you you want to become everything that you were made for because you were made for more if you really want that then you've got to step back and first of all look at where am i And then you need to say, right, where am I going? What's the plan? How do I get there? What are the steps that I need to take? You need a proven plan, and a proven plan, what it does is it gives you the confidence to know that if I just follow this plan, I will get there. So if you've got a business, if you're trying to reach a goal, then before you even start running in any direction, but even going into a clubhouse room, I'm really strategic about the rooms that I go into. I'm intentional about where I'm spending my time because I have a plan. I know what I need to help me along the way. Some rooms will give me water to give me, en- will give me um, to hydrate me so I can keep going. Other rooms will feed me so that I have the energy in me. Other rooms will take away my breath which will make it harder for me to breathe and keep moving along. And if you know where you're going and you have a plan, you can make decisions that support the plan. And what do you think about planning, especially in the work you do, Monica? Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the letter P, planning.
2: <laughs> well, what's funny, Ivy, is that for 20 years before I did coaching, I was in productivity and organization. And planning is a massive aspect of that. And The thing about planning is you can choose to do something oh i'm gonna well since we're talking about health and changing our lives in that regard and that's kind of one of my wheelhouses you can choose to change your health you can absolutely make a choice but if i said to you iffy do you want to grab lunch this week and you said yes let's do it we've made a choice but guess what how much lunch are we going to eat if we don't actually plan the day and plan where we'll be meeting and the time We won't eat any lunch at all. So we can choose to do something, but putting things into an order is important. Giving it some structure is important. Your brain likes to know, do this, do this, do this, do this, and do this. It's helpful to keep you on track. So using your calendar to put in the steps of your plan is really, really important. And I just don't even care what you believe. I'm telling you the truth. That if you don't put it in your calendar, you don't create a visual representation of the time that you are allotting for the steps of your plan, those steps will never happen for you. They'll never cement in your brain and become a habit. That is my biggest thing around planning. And then also making sure that you set up daily wins. So instead of saying work out an hour a day, Set up your plan very specifically so that you can hit these daily wins. Because as you do small wins over and over and over, you get a dopamine release, and your brain likes the dopamine. So, the more you can win by using your calendar, setting yourself up to win so you can check things off, the more uh, neuroplastic your brain will become in terms of creating these new habits. And that is where things begin to change for you.
1: Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. It is so true. And I love what you said is it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. You need a plan. You absolutely do. And I think that if you really want to become everything you're capable of and you really are thinking to yourself, do you know what? I'm going to stop lying to myself. What is the issue here? Why am I not reaching my goals? Why are some people more successful than me? Why do I seem to keep experiencing knockbacks after knockbacks? What is it in me? And I think when you're able to take the self-awareness and you're able to actually, like you said, plan, you become more productive. And then it means that you're able to really hear me, Monica.
2: Can anyone hear me? A little bit in the matrix, I I think. Are you you underground in the tube?
1: No. Okay, it's back now. There was a bit of a red bar. I'm back. Where did you lose me, Monica? Uh,
2: I think I think we heard most of what you said, but you were, you were talking about the importance of having a plan, and I wanted to also pop in when you're done and, and throw in one more aspect, if I can remember it now.
1: Yeah I, yeah, I was just saying productivity and planning. If you've got a plan, you're going to be more productive because you're going to know exactly what you're doing. And I'd lo- love you to jump in because A, leads really well in from planning. Over to you, Monica.
2: Awesome. The thing about planning, this is really important. This is something that you can use now today with action that you have, that you feel challenged by. And it is to look at what create a new health for myself. Okay. That's the W. This is an acronym whoop. I know we're doing two acronyms today. The O is What is the outcome I want? And that basically means why do I want more health? Why do I want a bigger business? Why do I want better relationships? What will it do for my life? That's the O, the outcome. This is the important piece of the WHOOP acronym, W-O-O-P. The second O is the obstacles. Imagine in advance what obstacles you might run into. And then the P is plan for them. So that as you run into those obstacles, you've already thought about them. You already have a plan for them. Well, gosh, I might not want to get up early. Okay, how can I make getting up early easier? Or I might not want to work out after work. Okay, well, how can I remove the friction from that obstacle? Thinking about the potential obstacles first gives you an opportunity to head them off in advance. So if they do arise, you've already planned for it. So that's the second piece about planning. And next, we're going to move to action. Yay,
1: which is amazing because once you've got your plan and you've recognized the obstacles and you you're really ready to go. You need to take action and action and attitude. I think i very much aligned, the attitude of action. So once, this is what I find happens a lot of the time, especially with the people that I work with or whoever I'm speaking to. They're like, I have a goal. Okay, what's your goal? Right, where are you currently in your goal? Oh, well, nowhere. Okay, let's write down that goal then. So now what we're gonna do is we, we know where we are. We're now going to start to plan. We're gonna create a plan. And then we have the plan. We have everything we need. We have the website. We have the copy. We have the brand story we have we have everything everything ready and then no, you don't take action you like not actually moving, and I think that one one of the reasons why is is because a lot of us get lost in the planning planning and making everything perfect and pretty, and the amount of people um in in the last well six or seven years when I've worked with people they said like let 's look at the logo um let's do the logo and I had this one client, and um um she she might be hearing it, but I did laugh when she said it, and she was like um i don't think that's the right shade of blue for my logo. I said, "Come on." Let's get the logo, let's get moving. You know, the, the shade of the Tiffany blue versus the blue, the duck egg blue is not gonna make a difference on your business. Get going, let's move, let's take action, let's make it happen. Because when you make take action and you start moving, like you said with the planning, I always say to myself, What is the worst possible thing that can happen? And if it happened, how would I overcome it? Okay, I know what I know now what I'm going to do if the worst thing happened. Well, let me get focused and let me start running towards it. So, action anyone who knows me, I'm an action taker, I take action, massive action, whenever I can, and I get impatient when we're just sitting in the planning phases? How many times have you been in Zoom meetings or board meetings or conversations? And you're just like, we are just going around in circles, planning, 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 but nobody actually takes action. People send emails to emails on emails and then CCs everybody into the emails to tell everybody what we're planning to do, but then nobody takes action. But what I've found is, is that when you take action, you move up the ladder quicker, you build your business quicker, you get results quicker, you're able to grow at a rapid pace because you are taking action. Now, when you're running really fast, yes, sometimes you might trip over your feet, but the thing is, is you're so far ahead of where you would have been by sprinting, that it doesn't matter, you fall down, you get back up you keep going you keep going you keep going and then a hurdle comes or an obstacle comes up monica says you jump over it and if you jump over the obstacle and you trip on the way down you get back up and you keep going why because you have a momentum you the momentum and inertia kicks in that's like we talk about the problem, the um the law of motion if you're moving and you're running really fast and you trip up you get back up you spring back up you go but if you're Um, What's the thing they said? An object that is um, still needs to be acted upon from an outside force. So if if you're standing still and you're not moving and you're looking at your laptop and you're planning and you're preparing and you're crossing the T's and dotting the I's and confirming and doing all that stuff, what happens is you're just stuck still. You're not moving, which means the energy it takes to actually stand up is the hard thing. But once you're up and you're running, inertia supports you and you're in motion and you keep going. Action is the thing that you've got to do because if you've got self-awareness, you've planned the route, and then you do not put your keys in the engine and start the engine and put your foot down on the accelerator, then you're just in a parked car. You literally are in a parked car. Over to you, Monica.
2: You are so fired up this morning. (laughs) It's awesome, I love it. Um, Well, action is a leadership skill. That's the first thing that I I like to talk about when we're speaking about action. And we always, in this room, in these clubhouse rooms where we're talking about personal growth and development, we refer very often to self-leadership. It's very difficult to lead an organization, lead a family, lead anything unless we're leading ourselves. And the other day I was, um, chatting with someone and I think it was this room actually. And we were talking about,
3: Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called the morning five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning you can transform your life head on over to 5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day
2: this particular topic and i mentioned the um the stoic philosopher epictetus and this is one of my favorite quotes so much so i put it on my ig yesterday or the day before and it is no man is free who is not master of himself so until we can take that action and apply it to our own lives it's really um you know we're again you said stuck in the st- in the planning pages so noticing and remembering that leadership action is a leadership skill is important because if you have your identity changed to one of i am a person who leads myself i am a strong leader in my life that action then will line up and become in alignment with that identity because identity management is so much more important than time and energy management when you can manage your identity you can then move into action much more easily and this is where we come back to how do we do this by creating small wins on the regular day to day to day little wins little celebrations creating accountability to keep you in that loop of winning and understanding that even though you may not take perfect action, it is the action of taking action that matters. It's not the outcome that matters. We hear Stephen Kuhn talk about this all the time. Imperfect action is so much better than no action at all. And when you talk about what's the worst thing that can happen, that's awesome, because it puts that emotional fear of action and being in action and failing, it takes it out of that emotional realm and it puts it into language. What is the worst that can happen? You begin to have that conversation with yourself. And the other fabulous question to ask is what is the best that could happen? What is the very best outcome of this action? And thinking your and putting your mind on that and imagining that that's the the path you're working toward, you're working on. So I think action is um clearly the the most important piece of this uh, of this conversation, Effie.
1: Yes, I love it. And I love taking action of the action. I I, I love it. That's why I wanted to do this with you, Monica, because whenever you're speaking, I'm like, I want to jump in. I love what you're saying. It makes sense. Um, And absolutely. And I love the three A's. We actually said action, attitude and accountability. And yeah, being able to be accountable for yourself. And I love the whole leadership. Because it really is you. Are, we each one of us. We are leaders. We are leaders of our lives. And um, what I tend to do a lot of the time is yes, I'm on stories all the time, and I do videos, and I'm constantly, you know, filming myself, my family, my life. But one of the things is even when I'm not filming myself, I always imagine that I'm being watched. Maybe because I've got two small children, and they are always watching um, what you do. But I imagine that. So when I'm a leader, I take action. Sometimes when I'm uncomfortable, actually a lot of the time when I'm uncomfortable, but it becomes a habit. Like you said so that moves us on to the the next letter in the word spark which is repetition 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 i i really believe and and repetition create the routine of repetition so there's two R's there as a dancer and training as a dancer from the age of nine going over the routine over and over and over again and repeating 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 what that does is it goes back to what you're saying monica when we talk about neuroscience we talk about neurology and we talk about neuroplasticity so neuroplasticity so it explains that the brain is not plastic it's not fixed there's been years and years and years of people have thought that once you get older your brain your brain stays the same it's fixed you can't do anything you can't learn a new language there's all these but it's absolutely. Incorrect. The brilliant thing is repetition and rote learning. This is how I built my business, my life, my children have been able to master incredible things. My son with autism, the success of his brain is through neuroplasticity, repetition, repeating, creating these deep neural pathways and giving this density in the grooves of his thinking has helped him become who he is. And I've seen it change in my life. I've seen, I, what, I didn't know what it was when I was a dancer. and I was going over the routine over and over again. You might think it's muscle memory, but what's happening is you're building these strong grooves. Imagine there's a massive football pitch and a big tractor goes across it and it, and it goes across it and it's got spikes in it. And it's going and it creates this groove in these grooves and it's going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth well that's what repetition is the more you do something over and over again which is why glenn's um daily five every day doing those five things and and building into your routine and doing it over and over again what happens is the repetition creates the grooves which means that you're you're in it you're you're digging down you're deep in it and you keep doing it now that's so we're talking about spark how do you get the spark and the energy and the light repetition repetition consistency the more you do it so you've got your goals you know where you're going you've got the attitude and the action and the accountability now keep doing it keep doing it for as long as it takes most people give up keep going and that moves us to the letter K. So because I could see the three minutes, I'm gonna go to K and then come back to you, Monica, for R and K if that's okay. <laughs> Do you like that if that's okay? So K, keep going, never give up. Once you know what you want and you have the self-awareness to know where you are currently and you have got a plan. And you're taking action and you're repeating it and you're using repetition and you're following your daily goals and your rituals and your routines and you're reviewing at the end of every day what went well, what didn't go well. If you, if you encompass this into your daily routine, repeating the things you need to do, and then the K is where I find most people tend to fall off. Don't keep going. The K is keep going. Never stop. Les Brown has this great quote where he he says, um, "Oh, I used to. He's got this. Um, I'm going to make it. I listened to this YouTube video. I'm going to make it in 2015, back to back to back. I used to listen to it maybe seven or eight times in a row on the way to work and on the way back and." Uh, it's, it, he says, I'm going to make it, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how bad it gets, I am going to make it. And that has to be an internal conversation, narrative that you say over and over again, I'm going to make it. And when you believe it, you keep going. You just keep going. Over to you, Monica, to round us up with the R and the K. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Ify. Repetition is absolutely key because as you talked about, if you do something once or twice, it's not going to make a long-term difference. But when you create that habit, that routine, it does activate that neuroplasticity that you just talked about that's so incredible. And regarding keeping going, anyone who's here has heard David Spiesack talk about how relentless cannot be defeated. And relentless consistency in any area of your life will create a miraculous result if you hang in there with it long enough and that's all that keep going means is just be consistent with what you've committed to yourself and as you commit to yourself and as you do these things on the daily you'll realize that you are changing and it feels like you're becoming a different person and i used to actually say oh you become a different person but what i now believe really truly believe is that as we change and we evolve and we adopt, very mindfully adopt these new habits and routines, and we change our identities, we aren't becoming different people. We are revealing the masterpiece that we already are underneath. This is Monica and I'm done speaking. Thank
1: you so much, Monica. Thank you, it's lovely doing this segment with you. So just to wrap it up, we were talking about spark, which is self-awareness, planning, action, repetition, and keep going. I hope you all have a fantastic Thursday. It's time to stop lying to yourself. You were made for more and there is more in you than you can ever imagine. Go for it. Go and reach your goals and do everything that you need to do. Thank you, Monica, for having me here. And I'm going to say good morning, Dr. Janie Lacey has got a new profile picture. Oh, I love it. Smoking. Over to you, Dr. Janie Lacey. Thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful Thursday.
4: And thank you so much, if We'll thank Dora Maria for that. <laughs> well, good morning, good morning. I absolutely loved hearing the conversation between you and Monica, such valuable information to kick us off wherever we are in the world, to continue to grow and learn. And I love that word, just becoming and revealing to such powerful words that we can take inventory in our own life to see where we are all at as we are continuously evolving. This is Dr. Janie Lacey, and I help individuals heal from toxic relationship patterns with themselves and others so that they can thrive in life, love, and business. And you, if you have not shared out this room, go ahead and share it out now because we're going to continue this conversation to help motivate you, inspire you, and educate you as we all continue to sit at the breakfast ch- uh, table to become ideal person that we're all working to become, that person that we have in our mind, that person that we want to meet one day, we want to meet her in the mirror. And, you know, one of the things, you know, in the years of just operating in my professional field as a a licensed therapist with working with so many couples and families, and especially individuals since 2007, and I've witnessed some very, very common self, I call them self-betrayals that prevent people from walking into their best shoes as they walk through their life. So this morning with Breakfast with Champions, I want to go ahead and share some of those self-deceptions that I see through the years, and they're probably not what you think. (laughs) So I want you to take some notes and I want you to take some inventory in your own life, because it's all about us taking self inventory so that we can truly be our best self in all areas of our life so just right there i want to start by looking at self-deception and i think about self-deception in the way of allowing ourselves to believe that a false ideal or a feeling or even a situation is true you know and i can play this out many times when i think about couples counseling when i'm working with couples and there's betrayal issues and she or he has believed lies or believe um, things that their partner would tell them to deceive them to cover up whatever they are doing right but this today i want us to apply this to ourselves, self-deception even though our minds are going to be wondering and going about to when people have betrayed us or have they have lied to us but the most important person is us is that we're not lying to ourselves and you are made for more. And we have to believe that truth that we're made for more. But when I think about just working with, I work a lot, especially with with individuals who are in recovery from in particular addictions. I work a lot with process addictions, um, dysfunctional patterns with sex or love and process addictions could be food or gambling or shopping, those types of things, as well as the substance abuse um traditional addictions as we kind of think of when we hear addictions but i also work with mental illness and toxic relationships but in this work self-deception is part of addictive thinking (laughs) i mean it's just it just goes hand in hand in our field is that that self-deception especially if someone's not in recovery or not sober yet but what we'll find is as they grow in recovery building trust with themselves through self-awareness, which we heard this morning with with a great conversation between Iffy and Monica. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about that today, but self-awareness and rigorous, and I do say rigorous honesty, is a major factor in being in in a healthy relationship with themselves and others. And we know that relapse, at least for us, um, we know that relapse rates are very high for, people who are entering addiction and recovery, which are why there are certain things in a recovery community that we recommend and put into place to help our people who are struggling with addiction issues to be able to stay on the path of sobriety and stay on the path of recovery because they can't necessarily do it completely alone. There has to be a community and other things in place. So I wanna apply some of those things that I've not only learned with working with addictions over the years, but just through people. And I realized it doesn't just apply to people in addictions or have uh, they're recovering from mental illness. It applies to all of us. Cause when I tell you the five things that I hear people say, and, it, and my mind goes to being curious about what they're not being honest about with themselves or what we call self-denial, or sometimes people are just not aware of what they're unaware of, which is um why we get to that place of why I say rigorous honesty is a major factor in us having a healthy relationship with ourselves. And then we can have a relationship with others. But I want to share with you some common ways that I've experienced individuals lying to themselves, which essentially keeps them stuck. It keeps them stuck, and it contributes to their self-sabotaging their own goals. So I'm gonna start with, and think about yourself. I want you to take an inventory as I go down this journey with you for the next few minutes. But one of the common lies that I hear people tell themselves, and wait for it, (laughs) and others, because I know you've probably said this to yourself, is I am fine. One of the common lies I hear people tell themselves is I am fine. You know, which in my opinion is an automatic response or an automatic answer in some cases. You know, in our field, we have, you know, we have our inner jokes in our own fields. I'm sure you do in your fields, but some will say in our field as an inside joke, that fine stands for freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and (laughs) evasive. And if that's what's really going on, right, there has to be enough self-awareness in particular for you to tell the right people, and I do say the right people, because sometimes we share our inner vulnerabilities with the wrong people and they minimize, they dismiss, they shut down, or they have yet to deal with their own stuff. And then we think that there's something wrong with us and then we don't share and then we suffer in silence. So we have to share with the right people in our life. And that we have to do that so that we can get the support that we need or to to have people assist us, You know, get the appropriate professional help in particular. So we have to take that inventory of our life and ask yourself. And I always ask my clients to ask yourself, you know, once I get down the road with them, are you really fine? Because sometimes that lie that they're telling themselves that you can tell yourself is to nobody but yourself, which leads to another common lie. <laughs> this is my number two. And that's, and think about have you ever said this to yourself? Because I'll get over it. I'll just get over it. But we know in order to get over it, so to speak, which is number two, it's important that we go through our emotional struggles and our experiences in life. Because when we don't go through them, we can't deal with them. And if we can't deal with them, we can't heal. And as you know, I'm all about healing so we can live in freedom, emotional freedom. So we can develop, when we don't deal with it, we will, we will most likely develop resentments. And that could just be a recipe for disaster. Because when we, when we try to keep out that bad stuff, we keep out the good stuff. and so we kind of live life in what I call autopilot, like the zombies, like the walking dead. <laughs> so it's not okay when I think about this. And, and I'm sure if you've lived long enough, either you fell into this or someone else. Because it's not okay to tell people, just get over it. I know I've been told that before <laughs> along the way. It's just get over it. So it's not okay to tell other people that. So it's not okay to tell ourselves that, is my point because what do do we need to do to learn from this, right? I wanna be able to ask yourself, how can I take care of myself through this? This is dealing with the emotional stuff or whatever the situation may be, that we're telling ourselves that we can get over it, we'll get over it without putting in the effort and the work to get over it. So you wanna ask yourself, what do I need to put in place to allow myself to feel what I need to feel so I can move through it in a healing fashion, to be healthy on the other side. Because what we'll also experience, and perhaps this is your experience, is that when people come into therapy, sometimes it's not about even dealing with things of the present, it's dealing with stuff they didn't deal with 10 years ago when their husband left them for the secretary, or 15 years ago, when their best friend betrayed them. Right? So they didn't deal with it at that time because they just said, "You know, I just want to get over it." And they just got themselves busy, which can be a trauma response, and they just plowed through it without really dealing with the emotional stuff. So the residue is going to be there. And then you'll either bring that stuff right into your new relationship or it's just, you know, it's just going to be there. And then you're going to realize, "You know, I'm not I'm not feeling well. I just have this black hole over me. It's dealing with depression, anxiety, all those things." So number 3 and the other number three is I will get to that. Think about this. I will get to that. I will get to that. Even in your families. Have have you told someone in your family to do something? They'll say, I'll get to that. Well, we call that the big P word. <laughs> do you know what the big P word is? Procrastination. Yes, the big old procrastination. Most people, I like to joke about this, but most people have dated procrastination. Right? Have you dated procrastination? <laughs> I know I've dated procrastination. Until they realized until we realized that procrastination was not the one for them Just wasn't the one for them wasn't the one for me And then we move to an understanding that choices That we're making should be aligned with our with our priorities Which truly are a reflection of the important things that need to happen in our life in your life And what most people will uncover is that the things that they are procrastinating from usually is something think about it, is usually something that makes them feel uncomfortable, or they're not sure about the outcome. You know, and when I think about the things that I've procrastinated about, or that I can still procrastinate about. It's usually because it gives me some type of negative feeling. I don't want to deal with it um, at that particular moment, so we put it off. Or I'm not sure how the result of whatever said project is going to be, so it's put on the back burner. But when, when we're prioritizing, and we're usually honest with ourselves because when we're usually procrastinating, think about this, we're usually basing it on some type of emotional experience. And what we end up doing is creating more stress and more anxiety on ourselves. <laughs> think about it. It's like the self-fulfilling you know, pr- prophecy for ourselves. We try to avoid stress and anxiety. And then what we do is we just create more of ourselves. <laughs> so sooner or later, Think about this, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, sooner or later we're just we're gonna dread that the thing that we're putting off right when I was honest with myself, there's certain projects I've been putting off that I really want to get to, but I know it's going to um cause me to have to make some room for my life, so I'm trying to avoid stress by creating more stress. see the double bind there <laughs> and I think and I think about it just think about that word dread, right It's just so unnecessary. It's just like experiencing the pain before the pain even arrives, (laughs) silly me, right? Why do I wanna sign up for that? But number four is I got this, right? I I got this. So number one was I'm fine. Number two, I will get over it. Number three, I will get to that. And number four is I got this. And some people wanna just push themselves and I raised my hand two times for this. Some people wanna push themselves past their limits to a place of just feeling overwhelmed and past past their own limits and add things to their plates when they realistically don't have the capacity so they can be less than honest with themselves, knowing they're saying yes. And that yes, at least in my case, when I've become really self-aware and really dig deep was from a place of scarcity. Scarcity meaning you don't wanna miss out in this case. So, you'll just take on that one more project and you convince yourself that I can just fit this in. I got this. I got this. I can hear myself saying this to myself. <laughs> I can manage all the stress that will involve me, stretching myself past my limitations. And it's just not true. It's just not true. We lie to ourselves. I know I lie to myself when it comes to that. And this is where I believe accountability can be helpful. And I'm a big believer in my own life of accountability with my coaches, my mentors, communities. And having people, especially in your inner circle, having people in your life that can challenge you in a good way to hold you accountable and assist you and keeping you grounded. I think we should have people close to us that can that we know that love us, that we know that, let me say that, that we know that love us, that we also can trust them so that when they check in with us and they say, hey, Janie, what's going on in your life? And they can challenge me with, ah, do you think that's a good idea to take part in such and such project? Does that really align with your goals, Janie? Right? So to have people in our life to challenge us, can be a good thing. And then number five, wait for it. (laughs) I know I sit in my office and I hear, especially in couples therapy, I hear one, usually one of the two people in the relationship say this at different times. I just want to be happy. (laughs) And I'm laughing about it because this is a subtle lie. I just want to be happy. You know, and they're arguing or they're in the midst of their stress, in the midst of, you know, whatever's bringing them into therapy. And one of them just says, I just want to be happy. So they don't normally say it as nice as I'm saying it. But many people can use language. And this is why our words do matter, especially in our intimate relationships. Many people can use language to manipulate themselves and others. You know, many times I find. And think about your own language as I share this with you. Many times I discover that when people use the word just, the word just, it's usually to minimize, sometimes to minimize either what they're feeling, what their partner is feeling, or whatever the situation they they may be in a business meeting, and to justify. Because for face value, right? For face value, anyone can say, and can hear that, and they'll say, okay, well, we're just saying that we wanna be happy, that happiness is their goal, happiness is our goal but the reality is happiness is fleeting. Think about this, happiness is fleeting. And on the other hand, it's a choice to be happy. But many times in in couples therapy in particular, we're trying to outsource that other person to make us happy, right? Which is a subtle manipulation. And what you're really saying is if you just get yourself right, you stop complaining about me or whatever the case may be, you know what, We'll, we'll be happy. It's a subtle lie, it's a subtle way to to manipulate the other person into into submission, so to speak, to get them to to back off. But it's an emotional experience that usually doesn't necessarily endure for significant periods of time. And think about this. What we really want is the good stuff that endures, that sticks around, right? Like Things like seeking joy and fulfillment and serenity, contentment and seeking to invest a lot in relationships, healthy relationships that bring us abundance, that's mutual. Because the most important thing in life is our, is people, It's the people, it's our communities. And those experiences with those that we love or in those supportive communities. Because when we pursue these things, we'll have more good days than bad. And we can be honest with ourselves to achieve these things. So how do we get to this point? where we're conscious enough to even know when we're lying to ourselves, right? This is the point of this conversation. How do you even know that you're lying to yourself? Because some people are unaware that they're unaware. (laughs) And today we wanna be a different day. But I wanna quickly just give you the antidote and then I wanna open it up. And I wanna hear from some of you because I do believe when you share your stories and your wisdom, not just from from those that are moderating, not when we're moderating, but you, the voices at the table, it helps so many people to hear your stories. But the answer is when we can adapt the four A's into our lives, the four A's, and we heard Monica and Iffy talk a little bit about this this morning. Awareness, acknowledgement, acceptance, and action. When we wanna come to a place of becoming aware, and I just love that word becoming, like Michelle Obama's book, and and I like to add painfully aware in the case of those that are in recovery or, or working out toxic relationships, painfully aware, not of what of other people are thinking, because sometimes and I'll sit and I'll listen to, to people analyze and tell me what the other person's thinking. Well, when he does this, I know he's thinking this, or when she does this, no, 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 no let's, let's, let's become aware of what we're thinking. And the patterns that we have in our mind, because it's about looking into our own life. How are we showing up? So look at the condition. Think about this for a minute in your own mind, wherever you are, if you're laying down, you listen to your earbuds, you're on the treadmill, you're walking, you're just sitting at your desk. Think about the condition of your home environment, the people with whom you have in your life, are they fulfilling or are they not fulfilling? Are they draining you? Every time you see them call, you're like, oh boy, what does she want? What does he want? Think about how you feel about those relationships in your life. And what about the experiences that you seem to, you know, when I work with people from toxic patterns, and it's, and I do say patterns, it's not a problem, it's patterns. So what about those experiences that you seem destined to repeat over and over again? You keep finding yourself in the same situation. You keep feeling the same thing. There's a clue that there's something that needs to be dealt with so that you can break that pattern. What about the job? that you may be in right now as you're listening to me or you're getting ready to go to or you're coming home from that you go to today in and day out. But what about the status of your bank account? But now consider what you believe is missing in your life. What do you believe is missing in your life when you think about what you're working towards, what you're trying to deal with, what's your goals? We're usually trying to fulfill something that we feel is missing in our life. It could be those Zeros at the end of our bank account, or it could be the love we never experienced. But everything you are experiencing is a function of your files, what you're thinking. So we got to stop and take inventory, and that's how we become aware. We got to be honest with ourselves, painfully aware of what we're thinking and look at those patterns that are present in our life. Are we still struggling with the things that were there 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Are we still getting the same feedback from people that are close to us in our life? It's time to take some time to really think about it so we can really change and stop sabotaging and doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. So awareness is like everything else, right? When we think about the subject of the laws of natural order. In other words, you must be aware that something even exists before you can choose to do something about it. That's why I say sometimes we're unaware that we're unaware. We have to know that that something even exists in our life that's even a problem so that we can do something about it. And as you become aware of your defenses, your excuses, your rationales, your limiting beliefs, and yes, your misinterpretation of reality. I've watched many people in my office just have this distorted delusion viewpoint of their own life and of their own reality or what's even happening in their relationship. But when we do that, we we become aware of all those things, those maladaptive ways of thinking is what we would call it, or you know, I could just say your dysfunctional ways of thinking. We become equipped to make better choices. And then the second A is acknowledgement. This is the first step towards healing, in my opinion. Right, because an alcoholic can't know that they're an alcoholic unless they acknowledge that they're an alcoholic, right? It's admitting. So there's that acknowledgement is the first step because it moves awareness to a higher level, once you become aware that something exists, you're required and I do say required to acknowledge your awareness. so acknowledge is exactly that it's the conscious or the verbal recognition of what you know and understand now. So when I'm sitting with couples, sometimes they just want the other person to acknowledge that you hurt me. I just want to acknowledge that what you did was wrong. I just want you to acknowledge that you hurt me. I just want you to acknowledge that you lied to me. right and then the third A is acceptance. While we may not like what's going on, while it may be difficult, uncomfortable, or downright painful, there comes a point where we must simply admit that what shows up in our lives is a function of our thoughts. The most common things that I think about, alternatives to acceptance, think about this in your own life, it's gonna be fear, it's gonna be resistance, it's gonna be denial. And I like to say against right? So acceptance doesn't mean agreement. And this is important. Acceptance does not mean agreement. You can accept that you hurt someone, but you don't necessarily have to agree with your viewpoint around it. Nor does it mean we feel good about what we're refacing. It does, however, mean that you're willing to look for and embrace the lesson. That's why we look at these things. It also indicates a willingness to grow through the experiences because we understand something is bigger which we may not recognize just yet is unfolding for our benefit. And then the last A, and I want to open this up for the last few minutes, is action. Remember, no matter what shows up, there's always something we can do, some action we can take to advance our healing, our growth, and our learning. That's why most of us are at this breakfast table right now. We're constantly learning. We're constantly growing and healing. So in most cases, awareness, acknowledgement, and acceptance will take the sting out of an experience and get you to where you need to be. So many people resist that. They resist even becoming aware or acknowledging or even accepting. But if you can acknowledge your role in your experience and accept that you are healing and you're learning the truth about your own dominant thought patterns, you'll be guided to act and take the next most appropriate steps. So we have six minutes left and I wanna hear from you. What has been some lies you once told yourself or other common lies that you believe that people tell themselves that keep them stuck? I would love to hear from you so that we can learn from your experiences and your insights. So I'm gonna start at the bottom of the stage. So if you wanna flash your mic, if you want to share or comment, and if I don't see you, you can just go ahead and speak out. I see a William, you can start, go ahead, William.
2: Love to hear from
3: you. Oh, thank you so much
2: for what you're saying. Uh, Everything resonated with me and I need to accept where I'm at in the relationship with my wife and the disingenuine things that have happened between us um, and her desire to move on with those disingenuine activities. Um, I have to accept it and and, uh, move forward. So thank you so much. I'm out.
4: Thank you, William, for sharing. You know, just um, in general, it's it's difficult in relationships where someone may be doing something, or someone may have been deceptive, or someone may have done things that have hurt us, but yet they refuse to accept them, or they'll stay in denial, or they'll stay and hold on to the lies that they tell themselves. But we can clearly see it, and sometimes what I'll see, especially in couples therapy, is there's someone that can clearly see it and they just if that person could just admit to it if they can just just get to this point we think it will all be well but sometimes what i also find is it's hard we just want the other person to change or to do all the things they need to do so that we don't have to do the hard stuff either and i can hear that in your voice william sometimes we have to make the hard decisions and that is draw boundaries and draw consequences And for us not to live and stay in a state of denial unless the other person comes to the table and is willing to do their part, we have to do the hard stuff. And sometimes that means we have to disrupt our own life so that we honor and we don't self-betray ourselves. And it's a very, very difficult situation. So I think that I'm so glad that you shared that because I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to that can be in that same situation. And when we share our stories, it gives people the opportunity to feel like they're not alone. So thank you, William. Thank you. Absolutely. And anyone else, if I don't see you flashing, you can go ahead and just jump
3: in. Go ahead, Mary Lynn. Hey, good morning. Oh my gosh, the part you said about, I just want to be happy is really, you know, like a reflection. I, I started going through a list of things. I'm like, I just want this. And it's not so much about what I want the other person to do. I realize now it's just what I want. I feel I'm lacking. If that makes sense. It's about my own lack, not about just what I wish they would do. Like I just wish uh, you would pick up your shoes. In other words, I'm just not feeling comfortable with the way you leave things around the house. Like that's not even a perfect example because we don't live together, but it's some, you know, it's what came to mind. And, i'm just going through a list now in my mind as you were talking about those things i'm like wow what a self-reflection and i know Linell wants to share and i will relinquish the mic but i also have brought to mind a few lies i've been telling myself so thank you dr jamie <laughs> thank you Marilyn. that is uh, so important for us to think about that language
4: and i encourage us all to think about that language when we just use especially when you we use that word just because sometimes we are not necessarily dealing with something that we truly want, so we can outsource it. So it's a great, great example as we take um, inventory. So uh, Linnell and then Jessica. Uh, good morning, Dr.
3: Jamie. Good morning, Jen. thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. it. I would love the way, Dr. Jamie that you said- um, Linnell, if you can just speak up person... just a little
4: bit, you sound a little muffled and far away, and we wanna make sure oh, we hear dear. all the good stuff that you're sharing.
3: Okay, let me take uh, off. Hold on one minute. All right. Can you hear me now? Perfect. Okay, awesome. So I love when you were talking about um, the when the other person does this, I know that the reason they're doing this is because of this, right? And sometimes we can project onto other people, what our thoughts are we are never in the other person's head we don't live in their world and our perception is our reality and so i love that you pointed that out this morning i just wanted to give you your flowers and thank you for the segment i'll go ahead and mute out so i can continue this workout have a great day everyone well, thank you, Linnell. Enjoy that
4: workout, and you're absolutely a hundred percent. Love the word projection. That's exactly what we do. And I'll sit. People say hear that all the time. They will tell tell me what someone else is thinking, <laughs> and they just do it so automatically. So if you're doing that to your spouse or even your children, let's uh, let's uh, think about that, and we can ask them what they're thinking. So thank you, Linnell, and we'll round it up with Jessica before we hand it over to the one and only Kate Bowman. Love to hear from you, Jessica.
5: Yes. Hi, Dr. Janie. Good evening from Sydney and good morning to you all. Thank you so much. I came in late, um, but it really resonated with me that the ACE for awareness, acknowledgement um, and acceptance. And I haven't been working in the field of family dispute resolution for a while. I had to step back a bit from it and I moved into another field. But what really clicked when you were speaking is is around the part where um, after parties acknowledge the problem and what happens and then say a person's offering an explanation about, what failed in the relationship. Sometimes we get to a point where we don't wanna accept what we're hearing. But when you were talking, something else clicked for me is around the part of getting closure because sometimes we don't wanna accept what we're hearing. And when we don't accept what we're hearing, it's hard for us to create closure around it. But um, there's lots of points in our lives, and I'm sure some of us have that here where we don't get closure or an explanation from a relationship or why it ended and that's the hard thing. Um, so, yeah, I've been, I've been on a personal level experiencing that where I have to create the closure, where I have to create the narrative and the story, say, for myself um, in order to get that acceptance because the story or the explanation is not forthcoming from another person, if that makes sense. Thank you for letting me share that and I'll pass the microphone back over to you.
4: Thank you, Jessica. And It absolutely makes sense. And I believe a lot of people can relate with that example, especially when someone has been dysfunctional or they have not been honest with us and they're giving us these responses and these answers and your gut just knows that they're just not being honest and they hold on to those lies. But yet we have to get to this place where we have to not necessarily seek closure from them, but to your point, we have to understand that Okay, sometimes the problem is not with us, you know, it's their problem, but if we just get them to to be and match the image that we have in our head, you know, we wanna feel better. And the harder part is sometimes the closure doesn't come from them, but it comes from within. So great, great share, and thank you for sharing that. And that's, this is Dr. Janie Lace.